Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Last time, our heroes sailed downriver in a wrecked boat that they found and fought off a giant crocolisk. They managed to make camp not far from the Venture Company Lumber Mill, which they've been informed by their Kodo Hunter friend is staffed entirely with goblins of questionable modesty. Let's see what happens as we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. So, where we left off, you guys arrived in northern Stranglethorn Vale on the advice of a couple of different people in Booty Bay, saying, oh yeah, there's some really hairy stuff going on up, up, up north. You took a flight path, landed at the Gromgall base camp, had a conversation with the leader of that encampment, and also uh, the demon hunter from the party of... Um, horde adventurers who as it turned out had taken some of the quests that had been offered to you before you went and dealt with the pirate thing uh the blood elf demon hunter that you ran into uh by the name of wellath fellblaze it, it was clear immediately that he had a little bit of background with falcus it was also clear that he felt that um there was a there was a strategy for dealing with this that was at odds with what the leader, the orcish leader of the encampment was looking to do. Uh, but it was also clear that more intelligence uh, would be necessary for pulling off any kind of large assault on either Zulgarub or the trolls, which are primarily all hanging out down at the arena. Uh, so he was like, all right, well, if you guys are going to be exploring... Potentially, you might find some things up at the ruin, ruins of Zulkunda, which is in the north, uh, northwest. Uh, also, possibly, you guys might find out some stuff in some other areas of Zulgarub. You guys elected to check out uh, Zulkunda. You went up there. Basically, you were able to discover that there was what immediately became clear was an undead vampire troll who you were able to exploit a little bit of a weakness of vampires that you discovered uh, while you were there, which was uh, the running water. Not water, but running water that you dunked him in and sort of melted his whole face off of his face. What a world! What a world! <laughs> uh, you then explored the jungle a little bit and found that there had been some sort of large creature that had crushed through a whole bunch of trees and left teeny tiny little footprints. And at the end of that trail, you found that there was this big ogre that had been slain in some kind of fight and it had on these boots that you guys ended up taking. And as it turned out, they were boots that made your footprints be whatever kind of footprints you feel like that day. Um, you followed the trail along a little further and discovered that there was this Kodo that was being hunted by the world's first Kodo hunter 
uh, who was trying his best to make his way into the Nessingwari expedition by means of slaying an impressive uh, uh, piece of game. You helped him out with that, killed this Kodo in this fight that took, you know, it, it ran away at one point and, you know, you had to trap it against the water and you were fighting it and all this. And as part of, uh, by way of thanks uh, for helping him out, the dwarven hunter who you uh, had encountered offered you pieces of the spoils as long as he got to keep the head for a trophy. Uh, Butch, you ended up leaving that encounter with what is clearly a um, uh, an amount of Kodo leather that matches the description you were given earlier of, hey man, if you can find some interesting or magically relevant uh, hides that we can use to enhance your armor, why don't you bring that back to us? It seemed very clear to you that this is something that would match that description. Heck oh, yeah. you actually <laughs> it, it, it's all electric too, as well. Yeah, man. Every once in a while, as you hold it in your hands, it looks like regular Kodo leather, but <laughs> it'll spark with oh, yeah. electric energy every once in a while. So you know you've got something pretty tasty on your hands. Falkus, you also uh, left that encounter with um, what might potentially be a, an arrow that might deal a little bit of extra electricity. Uh, damage, some extra lightning damage, but you're not super used to building your own ammunition. You spend a lot more time uh, buying the good stuff. So whether or not this is actually going to work when it comes time to use it is up to uh, chance more than anything else. Ari, I don't recall off the top of your head. Did you leave with anything interesting from looting that 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 beast? Nope, not yet. I just kind of let them. Very good. Go off. Not long after that, you discovered that you were not all that far from the river that runs north to south through northern Stranglethorn and decided, okay, well, it'll be really easy to follow the river south to get to our next piece of interesting uh, location in the area, which is the Venture Company Base Camp. It's a goblin-run lumber mill that you were told by uh, Kiz Blundstrike, the weapons vendor in Booty Bay, that, oh yeah, no, I know a guy up there. You should go talk to him. He may have some information about the zone. It may have some information about the trolls. You know, not sure exactly what he knows, but he may have something for you so you can go check it out. Um, you were informed that um, there's something a little off about the goblins that work there, but hey, you know, information's information. Everything will be just fine. You put, you, you put a little bit of ingenuity into repairing an old dilapidated boat that you found. You made your way south along the river, fighting a crocolisk along the way. And then uh, by the time that the boat had kind of served its purpose and was starting to spring some leaks, you pulled over on the eastern side of the, the river, probably several hundred yards away from the, the lumber mill itself, still in the woods, but within viewing distance of the structure and went ahead and took uh, a night's sleep. So if anybody hasn't yet credited themselves a long rest, you may do so now. Um, as you wake up in the morning, uh, again, you are far from the camp as far as, like, it's hard to see detail, but you can clearly see the structures in the distance. You can clearly see that there is a field surrounding the camp, at least on the land side, uh, of um, felled trees. It's like tree stumps for a hot minute, like all the way around this area. Tree stumps all the way around. 
and you can see that something is burning. Last night, it was a little bit uh, heavier. There was smoke in the air that was drifting up to the sky. Uh, This morning, it is not as intense, but something is aflame in the distance. Um, You also took a minute last night, I think, before we went to bed to peek at the structure using the spyglass that I think Falcus has, if I remember right. And you saw that there were some goblins working on the site and there were some on top of the building. But you're still a little too far away to have made out any particular detail. At this point, what would you guys like to do? Well, good morning, everyone. I stretched my back and um, I got up a little earlier than y'all, it seems, and I made y'all a little, a little bit of breakfast here. Y'all, all y'all take, a, you know, one of these little treats. Come here, doggy doggy. And I, I say to Ari. And these treats... Oh, actually, it says a creature can use a bonus action to eat one of these treats to gain three temporary hit points. I believe it's equal to your proficiency bonus there, Butch. Uh, I think our proficiency bonus went up. The last time we used it, I think it was two. Uh, So it's three now. Good deal. Good deal. So... And because your proficiency bonus is three, that means everyone can have one. Yeah. So I can only make three per long rest. So um, basically, gobble these up. And these are temporary hit points. So you can add three temporary points. Just as a refresher to everybody on temporary hit points, they are hit points that are on top of your regular maximum. When you take damage, the temporary hit points take the damage first. Think think power word shield. So we all, uh, we, we've all taken a short rest and, sorry, a long rest, so we should be maxed out anyway. Mm-hmm. Now you've got three temporary hit points. I mean, you could you could take these later, but there's no reason to not just eat them for breakfast. Yeah, they stick with us, right? Yeah, they're going to last until your next long rest or until you take damage and you lose them or until you get another source of temporary hit points. Now, just to, as again, as a reminder for temporary hit points, you can only have temporary hit points of any kind from one source. So if you eat Butch's Treats and then you gain temporary hit points from another source while you still have the temporaries from Butch, you have a choice to make. You can either keep Butch's or take the new ones, but they do not get added together. No. Cool. And how many of these little treats can you make? Uh, three per long rest. Cool. All right. Yeah, I'll gladly take one and give myself three temporary hit points. Now, per short rest, I can make more, uh, not th- these not these treats, but something that'll increase um, hit points. So like a, a heal, if we're taking a short rest, in, instead of using uh, hit dice. So um, there's no reason in the world not to just pop these in your mouth right now. Mm-hmm. Cool. So everybody's at max hit points plus three. Fantastic. 
anything else you want to do during breakfast? I've got nothing in particular right now. I mean, we're just kind of, we were hanging, we just got out of the river, right? We're, we're hanging out here and we weren't ready to go anywhere near the logging camp right now, right? How um, bad, because we pulled the boat up, if I remember correctly, how badly damaged is the boat? How large is the mouth of a crocolisk? Well, it's narrower than an, than an alligator. An alligator? <laughs> Ari, that, that, that boat's done for. I'm sorry, sweetheart. We we barely got here as, as it was. The boat was suffering from the grappled condition. Um, the crocolisk had bit a pretty decent chunk out of the back of it. You guys did a great job at repairing it with, um, if I remember right, somebody opened up the skin of a uh, the, of like a water skin, which I thought was really clever. Um, you patched the, the small hole that was on there. I can't believe that works. There's a larger hole on it now. <laughs> I think it was the goblin log book we tried to use too, because I had stolen that a while <laughs> ago. That, that's what yeah. the skin came from. Well, there was the log book skin. We tried that and it failed. The water skin, which is intended to be waterproof, worked. Uh, I'd like to poke through the book, the the broken. I mean, Ari put, makes a good point about talking about the boat here. Um, poke through the boat and see if there's anything potentially of interest or use. Like I'm just thinking small bits and parts and pieces to you know start to gather a collection of junk drawer items to be in my bag. I'm okay. just having on hand. Go ahead and roll an investigation check. What were you gonna say, Butch? While Falkus is doing this, and and I watch Falkus like rummaging through the the, the splinters of our boat, um, I turned to Ari and I said, "Now was this a dream? But did we did we see naked goblins last night? Is that was was that just me, or uh, is that what happened?" From the boat, you just hear, "No, my eyes are the image is burned into my eyes." <laughs> Yeah, they're it's burned uh, into my mind. They're definitely enjoying themselves in in ways that I don't spend a lot of time with goblins, but the time I have spent, I do not think this is normal behavior. So I'm a little curious as to what we will walk in on and what their temperament will be. Well, they didn't look like they were, you know, gathering up in any kind of huddles, if you know what I mean, but um, they were just walking around that, that way. Yeah. No, but Butch, what do you mean? <laughs> you pay attention to the boat, Falcus. I mean, I, uh, I speaking just... Speaking of... Oh, go on. I was going to say, speaking of the boat, uh, Falcus rolled a dirty 20 on that investigation check. Okay. On a dirty 20, you can see that the... The back end of the boat is pretty good and ruined. Um, it got chomped on really, really good by the uh, by the crocolisk. The remainder of the boat, we're talking about primarily a standard old wooden rowboat with, forgive me, it's been roughly 17 years since rowboating Merit Badge, but um, <laughs> the, the, the business on the side that holds the oars in place... Uh, they are a metal Y-shaped loopy bit that the ore sits in that you pull on. Perhaps they might be called ore locks, according to the, the whispers I'm getting from from Falkus, who's smarter about boats than me. I could be entirely I'm wrong. Sorry, but we don't have any ore Sure, locks let's call them ore locks. 
There are no warlocks in this group, but okay. <laughs> there could be. There could be. Anyway, um, the uh, kill uh, my character, and we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, it turns out every time. Every, so far, every time I've ever killed any one of Erica's fighters, it turns into a warlock. So, we'll see where we go. The term every time? Every time. 100% of the time. It bothers me. It, okay. happened, it happened once, and after that happened, she rolled a warlock. So I assume that's what happens every time I kill a fighter of hers, and she rolls a warlock. Uh, those are in place. Um, anything that you might think of that would be scrap wood in the shape of a rowboat the oarlocks and the oars themselves um, everything except for the oars looks like it's in good condition um, as far as the wood is concerned so anything that you might be able to put together from these given the dirty 20 I would say you're going to probably have an easier time than normal doing it but in general we're talking about uh, there's also um, the, way a ro- the way a rowboat floats the, the the shape of the boat displaces enough water to keep it afloat but also in the uh, very front and in the very back it's packed with a buoyant material that you could also harvest from it given a dirty 20 I would say um, you know like two or three pounds worth of some sort of fluffy material that floats I don't know if that's going to be useful to you but you've been creative enough with that stupid horn so far so we'll see what we do with it all right, then I'm going to pry off the orlocks um, I'll take uh, at least one of the broken oars, just small enough that I can attach it to my pack and just kind of carry around, you know, like a three, four foot piece. I'm just thinking leverage down the road. Um, and then I'll take probably a couple pieces and shards of, uh, like I gather like a handful of basically shrapnel of boat just to kind of have in a pocket. Okay, you have a pocket full of boat shrapnel two oar locks and most of an oar. And then I'll take a handful of the, the buoyant material. I don't know why, but I'll take it. Yeah, every rowboat I've ever been had like a foamy stuff in the very front and in the very back, just so that if you swamped it, it didn't go straight to the bottom. I don't know if boats in WoW do that, but I have decided that they do, so now they do. Hmm. What's next? I think after Butch is just or after Butch and I talked and uh, Falcus has gone through and scrounged the boat, if we're ready, we go investigate the goblins. Do we want to go in just like go in? Do we want to sneak in? Well, let's take a look. Falcus, you still got that looking glass, right? So uh, what, what do you see? Yes, sir. All right. Um, let me find a reasonably tall tree with uh, a clear enough view of the camp to climb up and uh, do some spotting from. Okay. Um, there are some trees at the edge of the field where you would have a really wide open space for viewing. It's. I'm going to say it's really not going to be all that tough. You're not on a time crunch or anything. You're not hurrying up the tree. You're taking your time. You're not going to slip. No check required to get a couple of feet off the ground. You grab your spyglass, flip it open in a cool way, I'll say, and you point your eyeball through it. Take a glance around. Go ahead and roll me a perception check with advantage because of the uh, because of the height off the ground and because of the spyglass. A 22 and a 24, so we're going to go with the 24. Yeah, a 24 would do it. You see a bunch of stuff. 
Um, for starters, you see that the lumber mill lies in an open field amidst the stumps of lots of felled trees. And the, the primary building itself lies adjacent to the river that runs through Stranglethorn, which makes sense to you because the river would be used to turn the machinery that the lumber mill uses on a day-to-day basis. Um, the primary building itself is the larger structure. There is a smaller structure just on the other side of it from where you are, and it's the smaller structure that's on fire. And when I say it's on fire, I mean it was on fire some time ago. And now what's left of the structure is a smoldering pile of of ash and freshly burnt lumber and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, you can see that if you glance to the east and look up a little bit, you see that there is this unnatural, swirling, red-colored, almost like a reverse tornado, where this energy is spiraling in this, um, in this, in this really kind of discomforting uh, kind of a way over the center of what you would know well enough from the map that you had viewed to be the primary city of Zulgarub proper. On the on the main structure of the of the lumber mill, you can see you see goblins working inside. You see goblins working on top of the building. Um, all of them are very green in color. And there's very little difference. They're naked, all right? I'm trying to be poetical about it. They are uh, as the light made them. And they are... The ones that you can see most clearly are the ones that are on top of the building. And they're working with tools. They seem like they're all business. Which is a little weird. You also see a couple of them. One or two, maybe even three standing in the water of the river, just standing there. From this distance, you can kind of hear the sounds of sawing and hammering and tool work. You don't hear any voices from this distance, but you can barely make out the distant sound of tools being used, like manual tools being used. Um, and you see the, the pillar of smoke coming from the smaller building that had burnt down uh, is a lot smaller than it was yesterday, but it's present still. Okay, uh, I'm going to relay this back down to Butch and Ari, and I'm going to basically say, I mean, aside from them not being clothed and a few of them not moving much, the rest of them seem to be going about their normal daily business. Um... Uh, I guess we just approach and see what happens. Oddly enough, I agree with you. Like, we don't, I don't think, why don't we just, like, walk up and talk to one of them and pretend, pretend that them being naked ain't nothing. I mean, we got no real reason to think we need to kill them right away uh, or kill them at all. You know, why don't we just uh, say, hey, we're travelers. Uh, what's going on here? 
Yeah, that's the only thing, way we can find out what uh, is maybe really going on, or maybe nothing is going on. Who don't know until we, I guess, walk up and ask. Or if there's something going on, we don't care. So, like, <laughs> like we, we, I don't think we need to, you know, be sneaking around and, and shooting arrows at people that we don't know are bad guys or not. But, uh, you know, we're all, we're all, you know, adults here. And, uh, I'm going to walk in the back if you don't mind because um, some of them are females and I'd just rather not you know it'd be hard for me to look them in the eyes okay are we are we marching in let's march in Um, I would have Ari lead the way I mean she's the charisma person right I can lead it. Yeah, but go but, in. But let's just like walk in, like like we're taking a walk, and like, oh hey, what you doing? Uh, like, like friendly. Okay. Do we have any reason to like hide languages or? I mean, goblins. A lot of them are neutral. I think common. Yeah, we'll just stick to common. All right, let's go. So we're not sneaking around. We're just. Walking. It's like a Sunday stroll. We're just we're strolling on a Sunday. We're, oh, where are we saying we're going? We're on our way to... Uh, I mean, we can tell them south. No. I'd prefer not to tell them... I'd prefer not to tell them Zolgarub. Oh, gosh, no. Um, and uh, south is a... General... Direction? No, it's a it's a d- direction that would we'd be going anyway because we walking south of the camp. But if they ask us where we're just, going, we're just passing through to the south. Um, nothing in particular. Maybe we're heading to Booty Bay. That's all. I we're just heading. To we're God, heading to Booty we, Bay. If we end up back in Booty, okay. But yeah, uh, that's just yes. just common Booty ground Bay. so that there's there's no. Deviants from all three of our stories. Oh, we're deviants. Let's put it that way. We're deviants. Um, but not as much uh, as these guys are. So, listen. There is nothing wrong with the human body. I or just goblin. can't look at it. How do you feel about um, goblin bodies? There's plenty wrong with the goblin bodies. <laughs> now, um, okay. So we've got a story. We're walking through. We got smalls on our faces. What about elves? Of course we do. Anything wrong with an elven body? I ain't never let's, seen let's your just body, go. and I don't don't want to. But can, can we continue, please? <laughs> I will lead the charge, and we're heading towards the goblins. All right. You guys make your way through the field, where again you have to wander, sort of in a snaky kind of pattern around these huge stumps that have been sliced down uh, presumably by the goblins who are uh, crafting lumber here at this location as you approach the sound of the woodworking and the sound of the hammering and sawing gets a little louder you don't hear um, you don't hear the sounds that you would associate with the saw at the lumber mill right like you hear (laughs) like a handsaw going and a hammer and that sort of thing, but nothing like 
the, the the loud, large sort of uh, lumber production that you would have expected to hear. As you approach, you can see um, that the actual structure of the lumber mill itself is kind of open, but not per, like, not like incredibly open. There's a couple of doors uh, that face the water. There's there's a doorway that faces out toward the field. There's another one that faces sort of northerly. Um, and this, the structure inside, you can see as you approach, there's this one huge saw blade that's held vertical on this like system that turns and all this based on the water pressure that turns trees into boards. Um, you can hear the sounds of the goblins starting to talk to each other as you approach. Um, you can also see that the ones on top every once in a while will throw wood and sheets of metal and things of that nature off the roof as they peel away the roof of this building. Um, they are, and you can hear like the ripping sound of lumber coming up, even though it's been nailed in place as they yank on it with crowbars and things to create these big holes that you can see in the roof of the building. The other thing that you can see as you approach and as the angle starts to change, as you can see sort of around the building a little bit more, is um, that next to the lumber mill building proper is this mechanical humanoid shaped constructed vehicle almost. Um, it looks like it has a pilot seat and then in the chest of it is a big angry face looking thing. And on it has like two arms. One of them has a big clawy grabby hand and the other is just a saw blade arm. Um, it looks like a mechanized uh, piloted uh, vehicle of some kind. And then beyond that, you actually get a good look at the building that's burnt down now. Um, the building itself, there's really not a whole lot left of it except for the garden that was on one side, which is populated with these beautiful yellow and orange and white flowers that have bloomed beautifully amidst the flames and the smoke that sit on the side of the building. And just for a little bit of a visual reference, uh, bear in mind that the orientation of this map made it a little easier to put the water on the bottom but the river itself runs north to south through this zone. So technically speaking, um, the bottom of this map faces west. But for the purposes of anything that happens uh, here on this place, um, we can consider the map to be oriented north, south, east, west. That's fine. Um, as you approach, a couple of the uh, goblins who were working on the roof notice you, and two of them climb down. Um, one male, one female, both, you know, as described. Uh, and as they walk up to you, they're like wiping dust off their hands and that sort of thing. They have beautiful, unblemished, bright green skin. Not a scar on anybody, not a mark, not a pimple, smooth as the day they were born. And they, as they climb down off the roof, they look over to you and they say, Hey, uh, what, um, what brings you to the mills? Hey, we're just, we're just passing through, heading south and, you know, notice the, 
the smolder, so thought we'd head this way just to see what was going on before we continued our way uh, south. Oh, uh, one of the buildings burned down. Not a big deal. Gotcha. Well, you... More focused on this, really. Uh, What is this? Uh, A little too shady inside, really. What? you? I I, I poke around. Is it... Y'all don't like shade? When you say that, they both sort of turn, and it's it's still early in the day, so the sun is lower in the sky. It's not directly overhead, but they both turn in the direction of the sun, and they're like, nah, of course not. It's so much better to be in the sunlight. And they stretch, and they're like really like sort of wide stanced, like a little bit spread eagle style, and they just point as much of their, like literally like pointed in the direction of the sunlight so that they can get a good stretch, and it gets all over their belly, and it gets all up in their legs and face and places it's a lot easier it's just a lot easier to work in the sunlight man it's just like when the when the roof's overhead and it's it's the sun I don't know man the sun's so much nicer so we figured we'd take the roof off the joint and it'd be easier that way is uh the dress code here um standard issue well we just figured it was more comfortable this way because I mean again Sun's so nice today. And as you look up, he's not wrong. There's a couple of clouds in the sky, but it's a bright, sunny day. It's, not, it's kind of very nice out. If you spent all day out here, you'd probably get a sunburn. But in general, it's nice out. No worries about... I mean, I, I thought uh, lumber mills were, were, were uh, notoriously uh, dangerous and um, uh, accidents were quite regular and frequent. Uh, no worries about... Uh, Injuring yourselves in any way? In places that wouldn't... Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the male is still focused on making sure he's just getting his vitamin D. The female goes, <laughs> yeah, that's funny, honey. You think islands have, you know, like really robust safety standards? We're doing fine. We've only <laughs> had like six deaths this year. That's pretty low for our average. We're doing fine. You know what? Uh, it is so nice out here, and I, I, I take off my um, my pirate coat, and I'm just yeah. trying to fit in a little bit. It is so nice out here, and I'm, I, I'm still you, you know, got it covered. Beautiful day, beautiful day. This one day. gets it. This one gets it. But don't y'all sometimes get get splinters or something like or cuts? Like y- y- you know, like y- y'all are working with with tools and, and, and stuff. You, you never, never got a Got, got poked in the finger or something? They just kind of shrug. Like, I don't know, man. That doesn't really seem like a concern. And they do this thing every once in a while where they just sort of face the sun, close their eyes, and enjoy. And then I go up and stand next to them, and I, you know, I, I try not to block their sun, but I put my face up and do the same thing. Feels normal. Yep. That sure is nice. I'm trying to I'm trying to fit in and, and be like, like, like yeah, sure. yeah, like I'm not part of these guys, but like, yeah, yeah. You don't. That's that's fine. Um, they buy it. They're not like looking for anything weird. Uh, but like, yeah, it feels like feels like warm sunlight. There's nothing. There's nothing that about that that makes you feel like there's something going on kind of activities are uh, going on down by the water i mean we just we came partially down uh down river there and uh whoo 
those crocolists are are mean. You guys aren't uh, just look at the the guys that down there in the in the water there. Not afraid of crocs at all, or eh, it's not really a concern. And then they stop. They it's it's like hard to keep their attention because every once in a while they'll just sort of turn and just enjoy the sunlight. You look down toward the water and you see that there's like three of them standing in the water and they're facing the sun and they're just sort of enjoying the fact that they're just, they're getting their vitamin D, they're standing in the water and they're not moving and you don't really see, you got attacked yesterday by a large crocolisk that was hungry. There's nothing going on here. Nothing. Interesting. Okay. Well, you guys sure do seem like you have a lot of roof to remove. I'm, I'm sure there's some roof to remove. Yeah, they've only done part of the job. I personally have never, ever like been around a lumber mill before. I don't want to keep you from work, but do you mind if we just kind of look around? I mean, for starters, those flowers over there are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. go. F- it doesn't. We don't really care all that much about you can. If you want to mess with that, that's fine. The ones that you're talking to, they they are starting to get like more and more distracted by the fact. And every once in a while, one of them from inside will be like, oh, hey, we still got work to do. Get your asses in here. Um, and they'll, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they sort of turn and go back inside. And they're still trying to, the, you look around and you can see that the primarily it looks like the job today is to get the roof off of this joint. And then as you look around a little bit more deeply, you see that the mill area is relatively open. There is another section to this building um, a little further down river that is there's like the doors are closed on it. The windows are closed on it. The roof hasn't been pulled on it very much. It looks like they're kind of ignoring it a little bit. Um, and then just beyond that is where the uh, the building is burning down. So, so so what about what what about that building over there that that's on fire? Uh, we used to do office work in there. Um, there was like, I don't know, man, papers and things. And we used to have to give updates on what we were doing and how much production we did and all that. But that was, that was before, man. Now it's really not a big deal. And when it caught fire, we were like, eh, that's one less thing we have to worry about. Really, all we have to do is make sure there's there's plenty of sunlight in the workspace. That's, when, the, when that's the biggest s- job, really, I think. When you say before, do you just mean before the fire or before something else? Well, uh, honestly, it's kind of a personal question, don't you think? It's a little rude to just sort of ask someone their personal, but this person is naked. That's like condescending to you about being a little too personal about the way that you're asking questions about them. But that's the attitude they're bringing you. I'm just trying to find out if I have been around this world many times and I have never encountered people just so sure of themselves and who they are and what they're meant to be in this world. So I'm just trying to figure out if it was just much for that. I feel like, you do get it, don't you? I'll tell yeah. you, do you want to help us get the roof off of this place so that we can get the sun in a little bit? That'd be good. I'm going to look towards sure. like Butch and fuck. Okay. I was, I was going to say, we, uh, yeah, sh- uh, we can give you a hand here. Uh, what about that building over there? You want us to get started on that building? Where are you pointing? 
the I'm pointing at the building that's all closed up and I mean it looks like this the space here that you guys are working on is pretty well covered by the number of goblins that we're looking at here. They're covered by you guys here. I mean us three we can we can go get started on that building over there. Uh yeah, alright. That's that's good. You guys have tools? You wanna get work alright, that's fine. Listen, start on the um the sun's just now coming up. Why don't you start on the east side where it's nice and bright? That'll work out good for everybody, I think. Cool. I'll uh, start digging my backpack and pull out a crowbar and start walking to the uh, far side of the building. I'm guessing over here is where you're talking about. Okay. As you walk around, you see that the side that you guys had entered on, it, was, it wasn't boarded up, but the doors were closed. On this side, you see that the, the windows have been pulled open so that you can kind of see inside a bit. You can see inside this huge, massive plant creature of some kind. It's it's like it's clearly more than just a plant because of the way it swarms and wiggles with these long purple spiny vines that are on it. It's almost pressed up against the side of the room, almost like it's a little too large for the space that it occupies. It takes up the, the entire height of the room. Um, it's covered in these oval-shaped, like, three-foot-tall or so green pods all around it. Um, Each one's, like, three or four feet tall. Each one of those pods is covered on the outside in this thick film that makes it hard to see exactly uh, what's going on on it. Um, But you can see that the... um, the membrane on the little pod thing that is the closest to you is a little thinner than the others and inside you can just barely see the form of um, like a small humanoid shape that is fully dressed and seems to be floating in the pod kind of unconscious almost there is this noise that you can hear through the building and then you hear on the far side, as the three of you have gone around the, the far side, um, you can see on the side that you approached from, the doors open. And you hear someone shout, Hey, you guys, the office is getting a little too small. We need to focus on the roof over on here on the eastern side and move all the walls. Around. Get, you have to go drop the walls on this room. Let's go. And you can see this slime trail that goes from the creature out through the door that you... that somebody just walked through and said, hey, we got to do more over this side. And as it, as all that happens, you hear, and it reaches out with one of its tendrils actually toward Falcus. Feed me, Seymour. You were in the middle and I rolled a two. I don't know what to tell you. Why don't you go ahead and roll initiative for me just real quick? I wish the second one was mine, but I have to take the 10. I already rolled a 7. Oh, Bush is an 8. All right, perfect. When it reaches out and tries to grab against you, Falcus, uh, would a 17 have hit? That it would. Okay, cool. So... You guys peek in through the window. You see that 
there's a slime trail from this creature that goes to the doorway on the far side where you heard a voice say, hey, it's time to start working on the office. As soon as all that happened and you go peeking in, the vines on this creature start to flail about in a little bit more of an aggressive manner, fly through the window, wrap around Falcus. They deal 10 slashing damage to you. Awesome. Um, And you are grappled and you are restrained. What would you like to do? Uh, I would like to try to get out of the grapple. Okay. Um, Go ahead and roll either an athletics or an acrobatics check. You do have to beat a 15. Critical fail. Okay. On an acrobatics check. All right. So that's your action. You are struggling against it and you're not able to wiggle your way out. You do feel that it is pulling you toward it. What would you like to do? Uh, You have a bonus action and movement left. Well, you don't have movement because you are restrained, but you have a bonus action left. Yeah, I got nothing uh, for for bonus actions, so looks like I'm just like, ah, crap, not again. Okay. Butch, it is your turn then in that case. You see that Falcus has been grabbed by this large viney thing, and then it was pulled taut, and it's trying to, it's, it's beginning to pull it closer to the vine, to, to, toward the main body of the plant. What would you like to do? Uh, my instinct is to get Falcus out. So I didn't expect this. And, and mind you, there is a raging fire like 30 feet behind us mm-hmm. and another. Uh, building so like we can feel that heat (laughs) right um but i'm going to try to get falcus out to be honest instead of going straight for like the what i probably should do Mm, no my instinct would would be to say falcus uh okay so i'm gonna use my great axe of cleaving to chop the tentacle that has falcus Okay. Okay. So there would be a little bit of movement involved, like 10 feet or something. That's fine. Okay. And then use the great axe of cleaving. I'm not going to do reckless attack or anything like that. Should I rage? Should I rage or should I not? There's no reason not to. Okay. Rage is a bonus action. So I can do that. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, I might as well. There's no reason not to. So I'm going to rage. I'm that that's my bonus action. I'm going to attack the tendril with my great axe of cleaving. And that's a 22. Yeah, 22 would hit. Okay. And I am going to uh, roll. No way did I just roll a six on that. One D12 plus three. I rolled a three. Okay, so I got six damage on that. Okay. And then I'll use my extra attack because six wouldn't have cut it, I'm sure, unless it did. I'm going to say it didn't. There isn't anything in the stat block about cutting through these, but I'm going to say that I'm going to say that it makes sense that the escape DC can count for more than just 
acrobatics and athletics checks. So let's see if we can get a total of 15 damage on it. Okay. In one in one round. Uh, so a 25 would hit. Yeah, for certainly. And then... 10 damage. Okay. So because of the thing I just said, 10 damage and the 6 damage before that is going to be enough to cut through the vine. You get a decent slice on it. Not that it doesn't cut the entire vine off, but you've dealt enough damage to like hack, 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 as you cack through it that it lets focus go it goes and it pulls the vine back and from the other side of the uh, lumber mill you hear what's going on we gotta go help and you hear the patter of naked goblin feet running toward you okay um I would I am I can't tell how far away I am from the actual body of this thing, but can um, I move you are 10 adjacent. feet? So if I moved, I, I would get an attack of opportunity. If you moved out of its attack range, you would get an attack of opportunity. Okay, so I'll stay within its attack range. I don't know what its attack range is. Mm-hmm. Would me moving 10 feet... Still being in its attack range. Are you moving ten feet? You're not telling me the attack range is what are you're you saying. Moving, are you moving ten feet? I am not moving anything at all. Okay. My turn I will is say over, this. I will sir. say this. I will say this. You get the sense, due to the size of the creature and the size of the tentacles, that it seems safe to at least move five feet. Large, longer than that, I would say. You know what? Actually, let's get a um, um, tack with it. Let's get a nature check. Okay, I will do a nature check. Let's see, nature plus two. Okay, I'm gonna roll nature check. I rolled a four. You've never heard of a plant that does this, and okay. you've got no idea what it's capable of. Right, so I'm just stay stay my butt right where it is. Yeah, all you know is that it's some sort of big globulous plant thing with a whole bunch of vines on it that like to grab elves, and it's surrounded on all sides by these weird pod things. All I know is that Falcus does a lot of damage, and he is delicate. So mm -hmm. I'm just putting myself in front of him. Not a problem. Ari, it is your turn. You are currently the farthest from the creature. What would you like to do? So, um, real quick, this room, is it noticeably darker? Like, is the only light source the window that we are at or the door that we're at right now? Yeah, there's not a ton of light in here, honestly. Um, and the, the creature itself takes up a solid probably half of the room. Um, the, the roof is intact. The windows are intact but open. And the doorway on the far side, again, is intact but open. And the creature didn't have any reaction when he reached out into the sun to grab Falcus, right? Like there was no, oh God, it's sunlight or anything like that. Oh, no, I see what you're getting at. No, yeah. there wasn't anything like that. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and cast Ray of Sickness on this. All right. What is that? <laughs> that is an ability I got when I took a feat. So um, Ray of Sickness... Uh, a sickening greenish energy lashes out toward a creature within range. Make a ranged spell attack, which I did of 21. 
against the target. On hit, the target takes 2d8 of poison damage and must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, it is also poisoned until the end of your next turn. And I always forget what poison actually does. Poison is not great. If you are poisoned, you are unhappy. Poisoned is a condition that makes it so that you make attack rolls and ability checks with disadvantage. So for the creature, 21, I'm going to assume hits. It uh, it does. So I need him to do a constitution saving throw with a a DC of 16. All right. Do I I have a bonus to saves? I do not have a bonus to my constitution save. Okay, so it's going to be a regular constitution roll. I rolled a 19. Which is fine. It just means he's not poisoned, but he does take 14 poison damage. Okay. Um, and because it describes itself as a ray, what is it? What does the ray of sickness look like? I don't think you've ever used this before. Um, it just... How I imagine it, because it says target, so it's not like a splurred out, so it's not hitting everybody. I imagine it's one of those things that makes like a arch onto the thing and then just kind of... Poofs on top of it and either they take poison damage and that's it or they take poison damage and because they inhaled the poison they're also poisoned so I imagined it going right on top of its head okay that makes Uh, sense it does okay so yeah you attack the plant in this way and this streak of energy comes comes like arcs up out and through the window and down and goes and there's this greenish sort of gaseous uh, form that surrounds it and as it starts to deal the poison damage you hear that same and it's it's like louder and more intense and bad Uh, and you see that it's uh, greenish plant-like body starts to wilt aggressively as a result of this, the poison damage that you dealt to it appears to have done a little more than you expected. You did 14 poison damage? Yes. Okay. You take a really sizable chunk off of this thing. It's just, it, the, the, it, it, you can see the whole one side of it where it was um, gr- like bright green, vibrant and healthy looking earlier. It looks withered and, and damaged and 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 almost like you sucked all the moisture out of an otherwise healthy plant. Like it looks awful. And then it stays looking that way. It looks real like you, that was a bad, that was, he does not like that. Um, and then, and, oh, yep, go ahead. I see. And then as my bonus action, I'm going to turn to Falcus and say, um, now is not the time to act all big and tough. So here's just what you need to add a little bit of strong stuff and cast Bardic Inspiration all right, take your inspiration. You're so die. awesome. Thank That's super you. good. The poison gas and the screaming sound from this creature, uh, all of the goblins who were in the other room are rushing in your direction. On their turn, they are going to take their full movement speed uh, plus their action to uh, dash. You can hear and, uh, and occasionally even see through the windows these goblins are rushing in your direction. The plant creature is going to reach out again and try to grab a hold of. Looks like Butch is closest, so let's try to grab him. Okay. Would a 12 hit? No. Okay. Would an 18? Yes. Okay. And then behind him, Ari with the uh, with the poison damage, would an 18 hit? 
Yes, it does. Okay, cool. So a whole bunch of vines come flying out of this thing. Uh, Butch, you are going to take seven, seven slashing damage, reduced down to three because of your rage. Ari, you're going to take a full nine slashing damage because these uh, vines are wrapping around you and starting to try to drag you in. Falcus, it is your turn. You are the one person who is neither grappled nor restrained. Uh, what would you like to do? So what I'd like to do is to use my action to... Well, first I'm going to use my move. 10, 15... 20, 25, 30, uh, 30, and then I'm going to dash, and we're going to get over to this goblin shredder, and I'm going to use a bone, I'm going to use my action search, and try to freaking get in this thing and start it up. Okay. You don't so, put a, you don't put a goblin shredder in front of me, and not expect me to try to get in it. Wow, dude. Okay. Interesting choice. Um, go ahead and, let's see, you used your movement, your action, and your action surge to get all the way to here to look around. Um, roll an investigation check to make sure that you can even figure out how to turn, fire this thing up. And there's not a goblin in there? No, it was standing there silent when you guys walked past it. And what's the... Um, uh, I can add the bardic inspiration to my roll uh, after I roll, correct? If yes. I need it or not? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So let's start off first with my investigation check roll. Which is a natty 20, so I am not going to waste my bardic inspiration on that. So I got a 26 on my investigation check for this. That was sufficient. Um, you jump inside and you see that you're surprised by this. There are gizmos and like levers and switches and keys and all that sort of thing. Gizmos and levers aplenty. But weirdly, they're all labeled. And you're like, all right, I guess they're all, I guess you just turn this one to turn it on and press this one to move forward. Um, if you'd like, you can reference the Goblin Shredder stat block there for piloting the Goblin Shredder. It has a movement <gasps> speed of 30 feet and is an absolute uh, wrecking ball. We have the best dungeon master in the world! <laughs> Sweet. So now the way you use a stat block on this is literally you press on where it says um, like grabby hand or saw hand or whatever, and it'll roll the stuff. If you have to roll a check, you just click on where it says dex or strength or whatever, and it'll roll the check. Sweet bippies. Okay. Um, so I actually moved. It was 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. And then 5, 10. I moved 15 of my personal movement speed. Do I have movement on this thing yet? Once um, I, I use my action to get in it and start her up. Just, be, just because it's fun and just because it's something different, I'm going to say that you have half movement on this turn because you did use a bunch of your resources to get here and turn it on. But because you rolled a natural 20 and you spent resources doing this, I'm going to say, what is its movement? It is 30. Okay, you could move 15 feet from here if you wanted to. And, okay. Uh, yeah, 15. I know you did notice, so I ran across the logs here, um, assuming that I was small enough. This, I probably have to go around it, if that's correct. This is not quite as acrobatic as you are. Yeah, I would say so. Okay, cool. So then let's take this thing and uh, let's go 5, 10. Actually, I gotta go each one, right? Uh, no, that 15? was right. Yeah, okay. that's, that's 15. Yep. yep, so that is where I'm going to take it. I'm going to keep my little icon on it for now. 
and uh, yeah, that's where I'm going to go. Okay. And we'll leave it there. So you come running in, you dive headfirst into this shredder and immediately, and it starts and is on its way back toward the giant plant creature. As you're running away, the goblins who are running across the field toward you, you do move out of one of its ranges and it's like, it's got the shredder, you gotta stop it. And one of them jumps toward the shredder and tries to attack you while you're in it. Um, because it's trying to attack you, I'm going to say that it's trying to attack with disadvantage. You, it occurs to you now that, oh, oh, no, no, they're not ha- running to help us. <laughs> they're running because they're not happy that we're attacking their giant plant thing. Um, it's going to attack you with disadvantage because it's attacking from outside the machine toward you in the cockpit. And eh, it doesn't matter because it rolled a seven and a six. So neither of those is going to hit. You have a goblin sitting on top of the mech machine. Um, again, bits to the breeze, and it's punching down toward you in the cockpit, but its arms are too short. It can't quite get to you. Butch, on your turn, you are being grappled by the creature, and it's trying to pull you in uh, to the plant business. What would you like to do? I mean, what can I do if I'm grappled? You know, like... So grappled means that you have no movement. Restrained, which the things also say, gives you no movement... No benefit to speed. Attack rolls against you have advantage. Um, your attack rolls have disadvantage, and you have de- disadvantage on dex saves. So you can do... It doesn't have anything to do with checks. So if you wanted to try to break the grapple, you could do an ath- uh, an athletics or an acrobatics check to try to break the grapple. You do have to beat a 15 on that. Um, you could try to attack the plant like you did before, but attacking it would be with disadvantage because you're restrained. Uh, and if you have some other idea of anything else that you might want to do, you can try that as well. Well, I'm raging, so I do gain advantage on strength checks. Okay. So what if instead of like a dex check... Well, if, if you're trying to get out, you could do dex or you could do strength. So when you try to grapple somebody, it's strength. When you try to get out of a grapple, it's strength or dex. Because you're either trying to overpower the person or you're trying to wriggle out. So if you have advantage on strength checks, uh, athletics is a strength-based skill. So if your goal is, I want to break the grapple, but you're worried about strength, like you can use strength for that. Um, cool. Uh, yes, I would like to do a strength check while I'm raging. It would be athletics for you, um, which is your strength and your proficiency. Yes. 14. You needed 15. 14 is no good. I'm sorry. Uh, Do I get another one? Oh, because you have multi-attack? No. So the way multi-attack works is when you take the action to attack, you attack twice. But it doesn't give you two actions to use. That... That's you, can still, you can still bonus action um, if you have anything that you'd like to do on a bonus action. Um, you do not have any movement, unfortunately. Ari, get me out of here! But do notice that because I'm raging, there is an aura about me. So any, any melee attack, which I wouldn't recommend from Ari. But anyway, go ahead. All right. Uh, Ari, it's your turn. You are 
also grappled and restrained by the vines. But you do have your action and your bonus action if you'd like to attack. What would you like to do? Or or use your... Um, you could try to escape. Again, same thing. It would be either athletics or acrobatics. You do have to beat a 15. I'm going to do acrobatics to try and get out. So we'll just try and escape will be my plan. Okay. And I rolled a nine. So nope. that does not work as a bonus action. I am going to look at Butch and say the situation is tough, but I don't perspire. I'm about to give you something to inspire so we can get the outcome we require and cast Bardic Inspiration on Butch. And I Thank really you. hope we don't expire. <laughs> so that would be good, Dad. Um, and that will be my turn. Falcus, showing some engineering expertise with his ability to pilot a goblin shredder, advances against the giant plant monster as all of the goblins in the mill come to its defense. Butch and Ari are up close and personal with the plant while it tries to grab them and draw them in. What could be the reason for all of this strange activity, and what connection does it have with the trolls? We'll have to wait until next time to find out when we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroicdnd, where you'll find our players' social media info, and a link to our Discord server.